Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Hello and welcome back to General Conference Review. I am one of your co-hosts, Todd Bruce, and joining me as usual is Kevin Beamer. How's it going, Kevin? It's going fantastic, Todd. Great to hear your voice, as always. <laughs> it's always good to get together, I, I tell you. I look forward to it every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we are going to look at and discuss Accessing God's Power Through Covenants by Elder Dale G. Renland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Uh, he shared this uh, in the Saturday afternoon session of the April 2023 General Conference. Uh, and if if... As a quick recap of this one, he talks about covenants, he talks about the temple, but he starts by talking about uh, the Amazon. Uh, he, had, he had dedicated a temple in Brazil, and he learned uh, quite a bit about the Amazon River, and he was amazed by this river. Now, not only is it the largest river in the world, uh, we had to look this up before just to confirm, uh, it actually punches more water out in than the, what is it, the average discharge is greater than the next seven rivers combined. Is that right, Kevin? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Wikipedia says it's right, so it must well, be Wikipedia, true. Wikipedia, it's got to be. <laughs> and that's insane. That's an insane amount of, of water for it to discharge. And so he shares a story uh, about a Pororacua. I'm going to destroy that. Or the Great Roar. And basically, a couple times a year, twice a year, uh, the the sun, moon, and earth align just so. And they it actually pulls water from the ocean, and it actually goes back up the 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 Amazon uh, uh, waves up to six meters traveling as far as 50 kilometers upstream. Um, Anyway, he uses this as an example about uh, how we have to put effort in and be intentional and not just go with the flow, but actually uh, put effort into going upstream, not going, not going the way everyone else is going, uh, but actually going the the way that we're, we're meant to go. Um, yeah. yeah, well, then and then he goes on to say, so like uh, the Amazon, I didn't realize it was such a big deal, right? Because we're in North America, we've heard about it, but I've never studied it. Uh, so then he goes on to say, he says, like the Amazon, we have a natural flow to our lives. We tend to do what comes naturally. Like the Amazon, with heavenly help, we can do some seemingly unnatural things. After all, it is not natural for us to be humble, meek, or willing to submit our wills to God. Yet only by doing so can we be transformed, return to live in the presence of God and achieve our eternal destiny. Unlike the Amazon, we can choose whether we yield to heavenly powers or go with the flow. Going against the flow may be difficult, 
But when we yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and put off the selfish tendencies of the natural man or woman, we can receive the Savior's transforming power in our lives, the power to do difficult things. And I think the, you know, the example of the Amazon River uh, is a good start to say, hey, <laughs> uh, the impossible is possible. That, you know, hearing about looking into how big this Amazon River is, that there are two times a year that water actually goes upstream as far as 50 kilometers, which that's pretty big. That's an immense amount of movement that you would say, well, that's not possible. <laughs> well, it's not possible at all. When it punches that much water out that is greater than the next seven combined mm -hmm. astronomical amount, it's like sands of the sea. We can't even fathom that yeah. fact that the water will actually go back upstream for that 50 kilometers was that uh um 30 miles something like that yeah it's, uh it's it's substantial and for a six foot wave like uh that's that's that'll knock you over uh, yeah it's 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 pretty huge um well, anyway and, sorry you got a thought well just along with that is a lot of times we think there are many things that are impossible and we just chalk it up to natural man uh, we can't overcome this. We can't do things. And, and sometimes they're very simple things. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll never get good at this thing. I just, I'm never going to be a great baker because uh, baking just doesn't, I just don't understand it. I always burn the cookies <laughs> to, to bigger things. But I, I appreciate this so that our, we do have these selfish tendencies, natural man in us. And our goal should be to try to overcome them. But oftentimes in the moment, we don't think we can overcome anything. And it's not until we actually start to overcome where we find out somebody else has overcome it. That we're like, oh, maybe this is possible for me. Maybe this is something I can do. Yeah, I, I was just, I was thinking, I was speaking and as you're talking about it, I was thinking, I was looking at this map of, of the Amazon with all its tributaries. And I'm thinking about how many tributaries all add up to, to make the Amazon River and pitch into the Amazon River. And I'm thinking about like miracles in our lives that need to need to happen. And sometimes it's a lot of little tender mercies that all combine together to add up to mm -hmm. that. Looking at the Amazon in a different way than Elder Renland is looking at it. Um, but like, man, these things can certainly happen. We can, you know, if we just, you know, add that little tributary or that little tender mercy or that little thing that we have to do, and we just do what we can, when we can. And man, those things will all add up into uh, substantial gains and become that Amazon River and become a force. Um, you know, again, looking at the Amazon River differently than Elder Renlund does. But um, yeah, it's it's there's it's possible. And and again, a substantial amount of water that punches out into the, into the Atlantic Ocean, uh, you know, it, it comes back up. It, it, it flows upstream, which is just not a thing. And, and I too, and I wonder what the elevation gain is on all of that because where we live, uh, water going up uphill does not work. It doesn't fill <laughs> my brain because the uh, the elevation gain just in our small communities in my ward uh, zone is is huge. Man, if water was coming up up that, and I have no doubts that it could, uh, <laughs> it would all be in rough shape, or somebody would be in rough shape down the valley. Yeah, completely. Great uh, comment though. Yeah. Uh, he carries on here, though. Uh, he goes, before.
God established covenants as the mechanism by which we, his children, could unite ourselves to him. Based on eternal, unchanging law, he specified the non-negotiable conditions whereby we are transformed, saved, and exalted. In this life, we make these covenants by participating in priesthood ordinances and promising to do what God asks us to do. And in return, God promises us certain things. Uh, a covenant is a pledge that we should prepare for, clearly understand, and absolutely honor. Making a covenant with God is different than casually making a promise. Uh, first, priesthood authority is required. Second, a feeble promise does not have the connecting strength to lift us above the pull of the natural flow. And we make a covenant only when we intend to commit ourselves quite exceptionally to fulfilling it. Um, I, I just liked a couple of these thoughts that he, that he shared here. And we're talking about like doing a lot of the little things we need to be doing, receiving the tender mercies, looking for the miracles or uh, having faith in, in God that he can do those miracles in our life. And, and I, I want to testify a little bit about the power of covenants and the power of, of doing the things we've, we've been asked to do and the difference it does make in our lives, in how we feel and how we uh, progress. Um, on, a, on a side note on covenants, I had a, a baptismal interview this last Sunday and, uh, and, and the, the thought, this analogy popped into my head when I was explaining covenants. And uh, it happened to be the little girl's birthday, and I gave her a box of Smarties for her birthday, and I was trying to explain covenants, and she, and she was kind of struggling to understand the abstract uh, nature of God and how we get blessings. And so I, I tried to, to make a little um, object lesson, and I said, okay, you and I are going to make a covenant or a promise to each other, a deal. And I said, if you can bring me that box of Smarties back next week without one single Smartie missing, I will give you a second box of Smarties. And she lit up and was all excited. And I said, uh, I said, okay, now what do you have to do? And she explained it. And I said, what do, what do I have to do? And then she explained it. And I said, do I have to do anything if you don't do what you're, you have to do? And she was, nope, you don't have to give me a box. You know, she kind of got it then, right? And so mm -hmm. I saw her this evening and I asked her, hey, you still had your Smarties? And she goes, yep, you betcha. And uh, <laughs> anyway, just a little example of, of, of the covenants. And, and God is only bound when we do our end of the deal, when we promise what we're going to do, that we're going to do the things we promised that we're going to do. And, uh, and, and then man, he delivers and he over delivers. And, uh, anyway, good little, good little one. But, um, and I like this, this line, um, just to continue to monopolize the time here. Um, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> I like this line where he adds a feeble promise does not have the connecting strength to lift us. Uh, to me, it just it, it it illustrates the importance of like intention and and effort and doing the things that we really need to like put put our whole soul into the into it. We're not how you know that the um, you know title title roar is that what it's called? No, uh, the great yeah, roar. Yeah, yeah, great roar. Yeah, that doesn't happen without effort, without a lot of stars aligning. And celestial bodies aligning. Well, you know what? No different with us. We have to do a lot of things, and the stars have to align in our own lives if we want to expect. The as you're speaking, like the feeble promise. Uh, <laughs> later on, we make a covenant only when we intend to commit ourselves quite exceptionally to fulfilling it. Reminds me of my early marriage days, where my lovely wife would make. I'd be maybe playing video games or watching TV or something, and she'd be like, "Oh, can you just?" clean up while I'm gone or something. And it's, 
you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave me alone while I'm right. Yeah. That quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. And that reminds me of a feeble promise. And then, uh, she, her get, Oh, it's not clean. I did this with my mom is when I was a kid as well. Right. It's like 16 year old. And she'd be like, I'd like the house clean up by the time I get home. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look after it. And then mom pulls into the drive. Oh. <laughs> 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kick everything under the couch. But then yeah. as an adult where it's like, I think it's important to have a clean home now. Uh, so it's at a point where I, I don't need to be told necessarily that Kevin, can you make sure the house is clean by the time I get home or something? It's no, the house is just going to be clean, but yeah. I'm, I'm putting actual effort into that. Whereas that feeble promise, I, I couldn't even be bothered to stop playing a video game to clean the house up, you know, at yeah. 16. Oh, yeah. So it's, it is interesting how, how we get so sidetracked when we don't have an actual commitment to something that the natural fold pull that the natural flow does just pull us away. It's really important to have some sort of commitment that we're, we're going to try to fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I was thinking about my own kids and how they will commit to things and they don't realize what they even committed to. Cause they're yeah. so, it's on a video game. They're just saying whatever they need to say to get me to shut up yeah. and, and leave them alone. And then after I'm like, Hey, do you guys remember what I, you guys <laughs> and they're like, uh, we committed to something. <laughs> did we do that already dad i know i was no different i know it. i just can't think of any, any examples but uh, i had this experience this week with my kids so uh, yeah that's fresh i can remember that one we should we should have your mom on the show to give us examples next time uh, <laughs> she'll spill too Jeez. yeah uh Oliver redland continues uh, just a paragraph later he says at baptism and when we partake of the sacrament, we witness that we are willing to take on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. In this context, let us be mindful of the Old Testament commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. To our modern ears, this sounds like a prohibition against irreverently. The commandment includes that, but its injunction is even more profound. The Hebrew word translated means to lift up or carry, as well as that identifies oneself with an individual group. The word translated as vain means empty or deceptive. The commandment to not take the Lord's name in vain, thus can mean, you should not identify yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you intend to re represent him well. I actually really like this last mm -hmm. line. I think it's rather profound. Uh, I oftentimes talk to my children just in general about do your best job. And by best job, I'm not looking for a perfect job, but I'm trying to get the the principle into there that do a job that you're proud of that's actually good so it's not that i'm playing video games and my mom has told me to clean up and i forgot and now i'm trying to rush and clean up because i see you're just pulling the driveway do something that you're proud of so i like this you should not identify yourself as christ unless you intend to represent him well this does not mean perfection this doesn't even mean that you're great at it this means that you have a clear intent that you're going to Try to be like Christ. And we love that word intent. <laughs> it, should be our new title. it should be our, it's, it's the fourth thing that helps. Yeah. Uh, being intentional. Yeah. But what's, what's the rest of our book going to be called? The uh, <laughs> Iron Man, As, As, and uh, Asparagus. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. being intentional. How the you know anyway. Yeah. Um, no, and I like uh, and I like it. I like that last line strikes it perfectly because I've always related to that. Uh, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain uh, as cursing and like that kind of stuff. Uh, but when the first time I heard it, I was like, that just it wrinkles my brain. It's it reminds me of you go to the temple and it, it talks about like. Um, you know, not going to the temple unworthily and, you know, this is just, just be, just make sure you're going uh, with the right intent and with the right heart and with the right, uh, you know, you're worthy of being there. Don't commit to this lightly, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you know what you're getting into and, and uh, which I'm grateful for because I've, I've, uh, you know, been very intentional with some of the uh, individuals who've been baptized, the convert baptisms we had in ensuring that they are understanding what they're getting into mm-hmm. and other ones I haven't been so intentional. And those, those individuals, uh, you know, when the going gets tough as uh, they've struggled a bit more. So, mm-hmm. you know, still hope, still, we're still going to do the things, but I like, yeah. uh, it ties very neatly what you read with our, this line is just a couple lines down. Um, our covenants give us power to stay on the covenant path because our relationship with Jesus Christ and Father is changed. I think when we represent Him well, when we're intentional and and and, and um, striving to that end, it's uh, it's very much a life-changing or soul-changing uh, impact it's going to have on us. I just I had a quote that I uh, I used the other day, and I was going to see if I could find it real quick, but I'm not sure I'll be able to. Uh, let's see. There it is. There's a there's a theory of the gospel. I always like this analogy. Um, and you you work in a, a college, right, Kevin? So you can probably appreciate this a little bit. Uh, the, but there's the theory of the gospel where we learn what we what we should do and how we draw closer to Christ and the importance of the atonement of Christ in our lives. Then there's the practical application of these doctrines. This is where the gospel of Jesus Christ comes to life. Our testimonies flourish and our Savior becomes real. We need to transition from learning the theory to applying it. When that happens, we become a new creature in Christ. And, uh, and that's not to knock uh, higher education or learning, but I think in the church often we get so focused on the lessons in church and, know, and understanding and being able to share, well, I've learned this and I learned this and I learned, it's great to have learned all the things, but what have you done? What have we done in our life that's a practical application of that mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of the it's i'm sure it's a i don't know if it ever happened actually or if it's just a uh, more mythology about the byu class that, that that taught about the savior all 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 semester and then at the uh, for the final they moved the the final they didn't warn anybody but on the door of the testing center said the final's been moved to this testing center across campus at this time and it was like 15 minutes so i like had to had 15 minutes to book it to the other end of campus Mm-hmm. And on the way, there was all these people planted that needed help. Gotcha. And the test was whether or not these students would stop and help or if they would ignore the people who needed help in order to get to their test. And then when they got to their test and realized the test is over, and they're like, what? There was no test? And it was, it was whether or not you've learned anything in this class mm-hmm. about helping one another and serving one another. And anyway, it reminds me of that example. That's no, that's that's a really cool story. Uh, I remember when I graduated with my bachelor's undergraduate degree as an accountant, and I started my first job, and I had 
you know, you had a couple, little bit of training. And then one guy showed me how to do a file and then he walked away and I looked 20 minutes, half an hour. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so, so I had to go back and get them and it was fine. Now I had learned the theory and I could do accounting things, but it was just like, Oh, I don't even know where to start now. And I remember that. But I think uh, when you talk about that, like in church, we're really good at um, maybe having a good feeling or maybe not even attending our lessons or our classes. Uh, <laughs> but if we do attend those classes, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then doing absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. And so I think that's an important thing of how do we take that next step and saying, oh, uh, yeah, Christ would have done this in his everyday life. And how can I apply that in mine rather than just saying, oh, that was a great story. And I, I feel good in this small moment while I'm in this lesson. We're, yeah, we're really good at that overall, or at least I am. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a human issue because I remember even going to EFY and FSY, they're called now, but uh, and there was a little big discussion about how do where, how do we take this home with us, mm -hmm. this feeling, and how do we how do we get there? And um, it's it's a it's a very real legitimate uh, issue for us, but yeah. Anyway, um, that was a wicked tangent from Elder Renlund's talk, but. Uh, but anyway, it was good. Uh, I think uh, I have a section highlighted here I, I should read. It's, uh, he says, the endowment is God's gift of saving Act us more fully to him. In the endowment, we covenant first. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was here. We covenant first to strive to keep the covenants of God. Second, to repent with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Third, to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, fourth, keep, to keep the law of chastity. And fifth, to dedicate ourselves and everything the Lord blesses us with to build up his church. By making and keeping temple covenants, we learn more about the Lord's purposes and receive a fullness of the Holy Ghost. And what I appreciate about this is it's each of the covenants that we make in the endowment session build upon one another. You can't worry about uh, dedicating ourselves and everything uh, the Lord blesses us with to build up his church if we're not keeping the commandments. Mm -hmm. it, it, we can do that, but it's going to be hollow. Right? Mm -hmm. we, it's really tough for us to keep the law of chastity uh, if we're struggling to, to keep the commandments. If there's certain commandments we struggle with more than others, uh, it's going to bleed into, you know, these other these other uh, covenants that we make. And it's it's sequential. It's building upon each other, and it's it's important. And uh, you know, going to the temple regularly, going to church, and re renewing our baptismal covenants these prayers and these covenants that are, get renewed all the time um, or we get to we get to remake their temple covenants um, for somebody else but we get to listen to that, those prayers uh, really it, it's, it's substantial in our life and it makes a huge difference in helping us to, to be better and be our best selves it's 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 significant it's been significant in my life anyway yeah and it's it is interesting as you talk sort of about this laddering, right? Those first couple steps about striving to keep the commandments of God, uh, which then leads to a proper type of repentance process. Yeah. And, and with the goal of being better, right? We, we talk a lot, especially with President Nelson, is that repentance is not this, you're a terrible person. How dare you? It's uh, what could you have done better? What can you fix? Yeah, I was learning from that. Like that's, and which is directly goes to counseling. Right? Like it's very, very similar idea. And then as we do that, it's 
our next step is to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, which then goes forward and forward and forward, finally to that final one of to dedicate ourselves to, to the Lord, uh, which is just natural, though. And that's what's really, well, natural. Uh, we're overcoming the natural man, but this process, this laddering works, which yeah. that's our goal. But we don't all of a sudden just dedicate ourselves to the Lord, right? The scripture, you know, with all your soul, heart, mind, or however that goes, that does not just happen. <laughs> that yeah. starts with trying to do what's right, daily repentance to become a better person, uh, and then trying these ways of living the gospel by being like Christ. Like, very slow process. And sometimes we do get scared, concerned about uh, being that Amazon tidal wave of, oh, I'm supposed to have always be doing everything right all the time. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> we start slow. It's, uh, it's, yeah, trying to do everything right all the time is like, I've shared this before and I heard it uh, in, a, I think it was in an addiction recovery uh, podcast that I was listening to decades, or not decades ago, maybe 10 years ago. But it, it talked about uh, trying to fight an addiction is like swimming in the ocean. Like just trying to tread water and you know without a boat without support, you know you're you're gonna tire yourselves out. Mm -hmm. you're gonna tire out and and trying to do everything all the time perfectly all you know be with not making not making a mistake is like swimming in the ocean and it's denying the the power of the atonement in our life. Now you know we don't want to wantonly run around and make mistakes and be uh, nonchalant about about it, but it's it's not about um, you know avoiding life it's about, about trying to make the correct decisions when mm -hmm. life and sometimes we're going to make the wrong decisions but that we as long as we learn from them and grow and be better that's that's how we get there and sometimes we'll continue to make the wrong decisions but sometimes we're... more often than not we're going to make the wrong decisions. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but eventually we're going to grow even a little bit and that's okay it's a process yeah. Uh, am I up for reading now? I think. Yeah. Well, we. Uh, so he talks a little bit. He talks more about the temple, but then he he talks about his grandparents, mm -hmm. the importance of the the baptismal covenants and the temple covenants and the sealing power, and he has a pretty cool story about his about his grandparents from Finland, and, uh, and I, I love it. I love those stories. Uh, I, I think we all have some sort of story in our own life or in our own family. That we can kind of look to and and uh, and you know clearly it was impactful and it set the table for the Renland family for generations here uh, of of being great. So mm -hmm. it's wonderful to have great ancestry and uh, you know powerful ancestors that made correct decisions and and you can look to for an example. Yeah, and then you can read that on your own if you're listening along to this podcast. I'm just going to jump to the very end. Uh, and read the last couple paragraphs. And he says, as you walk the covenant path from baptism to the temple and throughout life, I promise you power to go against the natural worldly flow. Power to learn, power to repent and be sanctified and power to find hope, comfort and even joy as you face life's challenges. I promise you and your family protection against the influence of the adversary, especially when you make the temple a major focus in your life. As you come to Christ and are connected to him and our heavenly father by covenant, something seemingly unnatural happens. You are transformed and become perfected in Jesus Christ. 
You become a covenant child of God and an inheritor in his kingdom. I can imagine him saying to you, thou art, thou art my dear child in whom I delight. Welcome home. I just wanted to talk about this too, right? Because oftentimes we talked about this at the start. We don't feel that we can get there or we don't feel that we can be as good as brother or sister so-and-so or Bishop Bruce or whatever that looks like. Oftentimes we're like, that's not something I can ever do. I remember having a, a talk with someone before about uh, one of our stake presidents. And uh, this person was saying, you know, this stake president, he, he could do church stuff all day, 24-7. And I'm not like that. I don't know if it never be like that. <laughs> he, he didn't actually know if that stake president did that or not. But that was just, we put a mantle yeah. on people and we're saying, this person is is this way. That's uh, it. We, we perceive that that's their case because that's a high priority in their life and that's all they maybe talk about. Mm -hmm. that's or at least whatever. In, our, in our interaction through church, that's all we find out, right? Or yeah. we don't, yeah. But uh, I do like this that it talks about by having these covenants, we can be transformed and become perfected in Jesus Christ. And I really appreciate that. Uh, the one promise to you and your family protection against the influence of the adversary, especially when you make the temple a major focus in your life. Now, I have not made the temple a major focus in my life, which is something that, you know, progressing to, hopefully. I, we went this past year, a month ago, but we're, we're not regular attenders like you are, Todd. So I was wondering if you have experiences of feeling of this promise or, or what that looks like in your life. Yeah, you know, I uh, so I've told the story before. I feel, but um, when we started going, um, Jamie and I, we, you know, most people with young kids that live any kind of <laughs> recognize the challenges of going to the temple. But Jamie and I had, my, you know, my wife and I had some challenges. Uh, I was struggling. She was struggling. Um, I had I'd been elder scorn president. And I got released, and there was a spiritual letdown with that. And then I I had some had some um, contention in my heart and uh, with other members of the church. And it was just, just a challenge. I was working through it, but I'm stubborn and I'll work through it at my own pace and, and uh, <laughs> not, you know, totally, totally neglect the uh, atonement in my life. Uh, but my wife admitted that she was struggling. Now she had been called as the Relief Society president and she felt like she wasn't worthy of being that, being that person. But while we were discussing and, and we, I was like, Nope, you know what? That's I, I booked the next day off work. I got babysitters for the kids and we just went to the temple and I said, we just need this in our life. We need this change. And it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that it was like otherworldly and we just like, but it was, it was fine. It was, it was okay. Probably the best thing that came out of it was that we decided we probably needed to come back more often. Because because it wasn't great, we were like, you know, I feel like if we were here more often and really tied to the temple or connected with the temple, that would have been better. And that's on us. That's not on the, the temple's been there for 100 years. It's it's not on us or it's not on them. It's, it's not on the temple. It's on us. And so we made the commitment then and there that we're going to try and go once a month. You know, it's only a two hour drive one way. It's, you know, we, it's, it's like a full day of of uh you know the kids being in school and and us being but we we did we, we covenanted or committed to going and i think we made it almost two years before covid kind of shut down the world but um i i i blame that 
part and par- parcel to, um, you know, my being called as a bishop. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I think it, it changed my heart and changed my 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 feelings about things. It softened my heart. It did all the things. It, it helped us get over those contentious issues in our lives or feelings of discouragement or weakness or whatever. And helped build that up. And uh, and so I I would I would advocate going to the temple to anybody who who can go and i recognize if you live in a town with a temple you can go three times a week if you live you know within an hour maybe you go every week or every other week Um, but you know when you live hours away it certainly becomes a a bit more of a challenge but it's it's uh it's it's significant and and i said earlier that like when we fulfill our end of the covenant we get god god is bound you know, when, when, when we, when we do our end, he's going to, he's going to do his end and he's going to overcompensate. Uh, he, he's a great compensator for, for uh, when we do our end and uh, you know, the blessings we get from it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you the story to scare people away from being a bishop. Uh, <laughs> and don't do that. It's not a cautionary tale. It is. It's being a bishop has been one of the most wonderful experiences of my life in, in that the spiritual experiences that I've had and the connections that I've made have uh are, have been things that i cannot deny and i cannot deny the spirit of god in my life i cannot divide, deny the voice of god that i've heard and i firmly believe i would not have had those experiences had we not made those decisions to you know go to the temple and be in the house of the lord on a regular basis so despite that first effort that first time going not being super great you know we made a great decision and because of that it, it's set up success for the for uh, you know the future future months and years of our life. So go. What a great what a great testimony, Todd. How long do you think it took for you to feel that you're making influence? Uh, being... Three months. Three months. Uh, by our third, I think Jamie and I were noting that uh, there was a time when on our third month and our fourth or fifth month there was a time when we went at the beginning of one month and at the end of the next month. So it wasn't like four weeks difference. It was like six or seven weeks difference. Yeah. And it, you know, we were really starting to meet. We were like, man, I'm really missing going to the temple. And we were we were noting how like it was only like three or four months of of this of going once a month that we really started to get that like yeah. desire to be there, like missing 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 being there. Which is again, like your friend said, you're just not church twenty four seven. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be the kind of person who was like, I really just wanna commit a, a nice sunny hot <laughs> instead of going to the beach or going to the lake or going to, you know, mm-hmm. ever, I really want to just go to the temple. And and I, I turned into that person. Yeah. And, and drive uh, to Southern Alberta for, yeah. Yeah. I want to go hang out in windy or dusty or, or whatever, uh, cotton infested. I mean, yeah. I be an overdrive, but it's still worth it every time we go. Lovely. Thanks, Todd. That was awesome. Great. Anyway, so I recommend you go. Do you have any other <laughs> thoughts? I feel like that, I, was perfect. that was perfect. Yeah, it's good. Okay, well, uh, you know what, Kevin? I appreciate you. Appreciate you too, buddy. Thanks for keeping me on schedule and uh, and, and doing all these things, crazy things with me that we, we got going on. Yeah, okay. Have yourself <laughs> a lovely evening. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Love you too. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes. Thank you.